Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. So the plan is to uh, speak a little bit about um, uh, going home uh, practice, but now there's, there's been the, Q, the Q&A, there's f- feeling that, for me anyway, there's a feeling that I've, s- I've said <coughs> a few things that I would uh, like to say about uh, practice, like a, um, so I'm wondering what else, what else? Well, one a thing we always uh, like to say is that uh, you might be more sensitive than you, or you might really know that you're sensitive, or you might be more sensitive than you think you are. So to actually be very uh, kind, kind to oneself in the next uh, following hours and uh, and and days also, and the time of transition is a very important time. I think it's it's uh, worth. Um, taking care of it, because uh, we could easily fall back into our habitual ways to be, but this time here we could, uh, we, we could make it as important as the time of the retreat. You could, you could think uh, one classic way it's talked about is half of the time of the retreat, after the retreat. So what would it be f- here four or five days to actually uh, allow yourself to reintegrate your life slowly if it's possible? Sometimes it's not. We're just like, wow, you know this. Life is just a waiting, you know, and it's gonna, and so then it can be met, you know. It's it's we're totally capable. We're so resilient, you know. We can, uh, but um, some downtime in the next uh, few days could be good. Some of the contemplative time, as I called it earlier, you know, allowing for taking a bath, uh, drawing, journaling a little bit, just uh, seeing. How, what comes to heart and mind, you know, like making a little space uh, could, be a, could be a good strategy, a good way, if it's uh, affordable, if it's possible. The Dharma is everywhere. It's uh, it's so it's for us to to discover it. So sometimes you know uh, you might have the feeling you're leaving here and the Dharma is here and at home it's not, but uh, it might not be exactly true. You know, I do remember at the end of a retreats uh, here <coughs> a few years back, um, it was really hard for me that these few hours I would actually be hardly able to be in the hall like I would more be in the back there in the woods or in the parking lot crying you know and my main thought was do not release me yet you know like I'm I'm I can still create a lot of damage <laughs> around me with my thoughts and actions and words you know and um and uh, but I think I learned to develop the courage and the honesty and the, to actually go in the world and make mistakes, you know, and uh, pick it up again, start again, and (coughs) own 
but not uh, guilt tripping myself, but just recognizing that you know it's, it's very faulty. I don't know if that's uh, a way to express it. And um, at the end of one retreat uh, in the last year, that I was uh, had the chance to teach with uh, Martine Bachelor. She um, she was talking about her Zen practice in uh, Korea, and uh, she was talking, if I remember well, about like the great question, which is you know skillful practices they have of the great question, uh, and w- the great question being what is this, you know, so the kind of curiosity and connection and staying close to what's happening to so it reveals itself but at the very end of the retreats she talked about the great courage and and uh, so this notion of great courage that we're called to bring great courage and she said that for her great courage was the courage to love oneself to not post- postpone this to not wait to have the great courage to love oneself uh, now, in this version, you know. And I thought it was a good, good little thing to send us away with. <coughs> yeah, so the Dharma is everywhere. It means the body is often around in any situation <laughs> you find yourself in, you know, sensory awareness. There's always some kind of mind state going on, you know, that's worthy of being aware of, you know. And so there's ways to connect with what's happening at any moment. Also, again, the uh, encouragement, and some of you, it's at the center of your life, uh, but from my very humble perspective, this invitation to attend to all the systems we're part of. You know, not uh, to privilege uh, some of the systems. Um, and so to, m- to make it wider a bit, to consider our impact or participation in the different systems and with care and honesty. And what else do I want to say? Yeah, maybe just just one. um, (coughs) Wes, you were asking about uh, you know our personal practices, and one of the ways that I see uh, the opportunities for me to practice is. recognizing the different um, roles and identities I have in in the conventional form and and trying to see if I can play them well, you know. That's one way that, oh, I'm a son, sometimes I'm a son of beings, you know. So how to be a a son, you know. Sometimes I'm a lover, sometimes I'm a neighbor, you know. Sometimes I'm a, you know, a teacher. an influence in a community or so <coughs> and it varies you know in the hours of the day what are the different roles that I'm called to you know 
Sometimes I'm a customer, you know, and to actually be aware of like, oh, this is my role now that I'm, I've been given. How can I do this well? Not in the sense the pretty or nice or the norm, you know, what's expected, but just to understand how can that form that I have taken uh, allow for, um, you know, freedom, protection, offered and felt and you know, some something about the different roles we uh, find ourselves in. And that's interesting to me, that's an interesting angle. How can I do this uh, well with integrity and with the powers that are in this role or the responsibilities in this role? So it's just one way to perceive practice. Yeah, and otherwise, <coughs> just uh, because I have the mic now, just uh, saying that um, my true feeling is that there's a, I love you very much, and I feel very lucky, and I, th I have a sense that we did this really well, that we used the time really well, uh, you know, considering the imperfect nature of uh, of uh, our humanity, you know, and and the realm we're in, I think we really did well, and so I'm 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 happy. I'm happy about uh, about this, and feel very lucky that I was supported and uh, taught, and that I learned stuff here this week. Thank you. Um, I just want to uh, read you a poem. It came in my inbox yesterday from a student, and it felt like a good one for us in leaving, I think. It's, by, it's called New Beginning by John O'Donohue. Um, so just before I read it, one of my colleagues, he t says about a friend of his, he used to live in Boston, and a friend of his who was a practitioner had on their door, from the inside of their flat, this was their flat apartment, and on the door to go out into the city, it said Zendo, meaning meditation hall, that as they were leaving their front door, that, that was the perception they were trying on. How would it be to consider that? So the new beginnings as we leave here, that our zendo is as we walk down to the car park, as we, if you've got a car, um, as we put the keys in, as we drive not too slow, not too fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I'm sure you've heard, some of you have heard this story. You know, apparently in the old days, the, the Barry police had to stop a couple of people leaving retreats and tell them to speed up a little bit. <laughs> it's a true story. And the motto on the Barry police, um, their little motto in English is tranquil and alert, apparently. Barry Town, that's the motto of Barry Town. So, yeah. Um, to take care as you go out, not too slow, not too fast. Um, uh, so that's a good appropriate attention. We don't have to zone right in on things. We can actually widen out to include this whole big zendo 
of this world, this meditation possibility, this place to transform through perception our relationship with this world and all its levels, where it's calling out for our attention, where we can delight, where we can celebrate, and maybe we can do all those together, all those levels. Imagine that, that the places that need the most attention can be the places of great celebration. Um, I want to meet you there. It's called New Beginning. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoils rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight, when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plenitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in the new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Your soul senses the world that awaits you. Thank you, John O'Donnell. <coughs> Maybe two practical things to carry with that beautiful vision of the world that awaits us. And yes, there are risks in it as we drop the illusion of safety in the familiar old sense. Absolutely. Even if that safety never felt safe. Even if that safety was holding on to ideas. And a couple of practical things from the Buddha. Wise intention. Um, he says, the, carry these with you. The intention towards non-harm. The intention towards non-cruelty. And the intention towards renunciation. Letting go. Release. As intentions like a compass, like all hell can break loose or things can be dull. Or, but I come back to this. Yeah, is, this I can trust. My action may fall off. I made all kinds of things, and I do. But can I come back and can I trust? Actually, I'm going to deepen the furrow of that intention to non-harm, non-cruelty, and release. And I will endeavor to remember the protection to keep away the judgment that can amass itself even around spiritual practice. And sometimes especially around spiritual practice. That we demand that we have a pristine spiritual ego. 
but we don't have to get one of those. <laughs> that I keep the self-judgment at bay with the support of those who will touch the earth with me and know our right and our love to wake up together. So these three wise intentions come back, let them steer our course. And the second practical thing is um, your body. While we have one, <laughs> this, to, this instrument is, uh, you know, we can see all the problems with it. But let's see this, it's incredible. One of my teachers, I keep saying one of my teachers, there's all different people I'm referring to. Um, having had good fortune to have many teachers. I was having a really, really hard time in my life at one point, and um, I was, uh, I felt like that's enough, can't do this. You know, body is just too much. I'm not sure I want to be here. And he said, you know what? Practice is eight to ten times more difficult if you don't have a body. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> How do you know? Like, what do you, wh where have you been? <laughs> it's like, we have a body. This body is incredible. Not only is a, uh, it's incredible. And sometimes you see that, don't you? Sometimes you know that. Sometimes you know that when a little one is born, if there's enough capacity to welcome this little one, you see, whoa, how did that get there? And sometimes we know it at the threshold at the other end. As at death, we see, good, good God, a body. While we have this body, for all its bits that we're not happy about, that's just our view. It's perfect. It's perfect for our awakening just as it is. As we release it, return it to earth while we're still here, and we wake up in that. So mindfulness of body when someone's having a go at you, feel your bum on the cushion. This is eight to ten times easier than not having a body. <laughs> so contemplate this if it's helpful. And um, what well, it is helpful, actually, contemplate this. <laughs> it's not an option. Con <laughs> contemplate this. Um, and I, uh, I, I really, really appreciate teaching here in the United States. I learned such a lot um, on all kinds of levels from you um, that uh, informs what I do elsewhere and is part of our awakening. And I, I'm really grateful for having this opportunity and privilege, actually, to teach there, the, here with you. So the long version or the short version? That's the question that arises at this point. Or the in-between short and long version. The short version is, it's good what you've been doing here. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. You can keep doing this that we've been doing here. And even if it looks different, the the momentum that starts to build when we dedicate ourselves to what we really treasure and value is ultimately unstoppable. 
It's ultimately unstoppable. And I would really wish for us all that we can remember and trust <laughs> this immense power that is in a human being and even more so in a few human beings together. What we do here not only changes our lives but it changes this world and what we do in our lives going beyond here likewise. And so it matters. It does matter. That's not to say we need to get tight about worrying if we're doing it as much as we possibly could, but more to see if I give my life to what's most important, how will it look? We can know that ourselves. Nobody else can really tell us that, but we can know that ourselves. Perhaps we can know what we don't want it to look like, and if we start to see that, we have to try other things. I've never known what was the thing to be doing, but I've often known what was the thing to not be doing. And then it leaves me with a choice, okay, I don't know what to be doing, but not that. And somehow out of that process came this. It's really important to respect the power of forms. As Mullen was raising that question, forms that are wholesome and forms that are not. And we live in a world in which the culture is all too often aligned with, with greed, with hatred, with disregard for the impact of behavior on others. And to live in a world like this is not easy. So we need to gather together with others who feel the concern and the care that we feel. We need to stand together and speak up for what we love, for what we care about. To not let our voices become silenced by the, in a way, the cacophony of madness that is accelerating and amplifying around us. And to not be disheartened by it either, because if you may have noticed that I think we've spoken about sometimes as the heart calms and deepens and the mind settles and steadies that actually brings out more patterns and reactivities and not to assume by that that our practice is going backwards not at all sometimes hindrances arise precisely because we are challenging or on the threshold of those places challenging our patterns or we're on the threshold of the places of new discovery and opening and likewise in this world I could look at it and say oh my gosh it doesn't look good but I can also see many many people and people I know in this room here and people I know elsewhere and you know these people too and you are these people too who are finding ways to to respond to the needs of our communities our societies our environment in a time which you know we could say there's something of a crisis and in the in the Chinese calligraphy alphabet um, the character for crisis is represented by two symbols danger and opportunity and opportunity is here also that some of the intensification of the craziness that I perceive, I 
you may see it differently. It may also be a sign that there's a gathering of momentum, of good heart, and of transformative power, which threatens the unskillful structures and the blindnesses that have been given too much power previously. And therefore they make more of themselves. But they are shadows, ultimately. They are banana trees, ultimately. And in the end, uh, the realness of our love and our care has a substantiality to it beyond all of those constructions. What lies at the heart of what moves us is not Sankara is not constructed. Although the forms in which it moves us and what it moves us to are constructions. What lies at the heart of all of this is not constructed. And trusting ourselves as worthy vessels through which this expresses itself into the world. As noble, as beautiful vessels in which the depth of care and intelligence at the very heart of what it is that we are finds its way to emerge. It's not an easy journey. No one said it was going to be. It may not be a quick journey. But the directionality is ultimately unstoppable. And we might mess up a little bit along the way. Give yourself permission to get it wrong plenty of times. That's the only way we learn And yet really trust in what it is that moves you. And nourish yourselves. Find what nourishes you. I say this every time at the end of a retreat. Retreats like this are nourishment for our hearts. We need them. But look what else nourishes you. Being in nature. Speaking with like-minded people who may or may not be Buddhist meditators who sit cross-legged watching their breathing. Like-minded people come in many shapes and forms of different persuasions in terms of religion or activity or no religion or no activity. But we kind of know them when there's a resonance in that sense of deeper caring as the primary orientation and the interest in bringing that caring forth into the world. The world that doesn't stop at this body but must include it. That doesn't stop at this community but must include it. That doesn't stop anywhere, exclude anything, ultimately. This is the, the fruition of, of this practice of embodying the awakened heart. So I also want to express my thanks to you all for your practice here. It has been inspiring and uplifting to be a part of this retreat. It's always a a real honor, the, the openness, the honesty, the courage, and the dedication that's shared and expressed and bringing forth your journey and the way you share it with us and with each other. <coughs> also, I'd like to just acknowledge and say sorry if there's things that I or we may have done that didn't land right for you or work so well for you. Our intention was to offer what we could and of course imperfectly as we do. Specifically if you wrote notes to which we didn't manage to respond, not because you hadn't put your name on it but because 
I lost one that asked a question that was a good question, and I remembered the question about uh, where could I find a, a source about mudras. We've used one or two mudras. Mudras are body shapes or postures, like this one I've used with some, some of the groups, and the Buddha touching the earth. Um, the answer to the note would have been, sorry, I don't know, but look up online, mudras, Buddhist mudras, Google it, and you'll, you'll find them. And then check when you read whether it makes sense to you. Sorry, I couldn't answer your, rope, answer your note personally. It's somewhere, I'm sure. And any other notes or queries or questions or pieces we didn't quite manage to give? Our wish would be, I think I can speak on our behalf all, to give just exactly what you need. But in the nature of the way things are, we do that just as well or not so as we can. I'd like to also say thank you for the dana offerings, the support that comes from your generosity and kindness and how deeply touched I am, and I know I can again here speak for Pascal and Catherine, how deeply touched we are to be supported and served and looked after by your kindness, your generosity, and the generosity of others like you. That, um, you know, I don't forget that what I wear has been bought by what was given to me. Um, even bits of what I wear was directly given to me, but um, <clears throat> it's all like that. And There's a sense of us sharing something together here, and there's a giving and a receiving we're all part of that weaves us into the fabric of life, which I feel a privilege to be part of. And, uh, yeah, I really just want to say thank you to you all for that. And to also name, in case I don't know if Daphne would have spoken about this, but Eowyn, and to say thank you for Eowyn for her, for her offering of the, the yoga, the mindful movement. I know she does it wonderfully, and I always intend to go along and almost never do. But um, I'm glad that many of you have benefited from it, and we share an appropriate proportion of our dana with Eowyn, so she is supported also by, by your kindness and generosity, and very grateful for it. Um, as well as the many acts of kindness, of tenderness, of respect and of courage that touch and inspire me daily here on this retreat and other places too. But I love teaching here and uh, I'm really fortunate to have been, it's now 20 years regularly coming teaching at IMS. I feel very blessed by this particular Dharma home and I'm yeah, happy to share it with you all. So we have one last piece. Our intention is to be finished by 11. It's now 20 minutes, 21 minutes too. Yes. work hard. There's another retreat starting in less than 48 hours. So, so the last uh, little bit here for a few minutes, for maybe 15 minutes or so, is I'd like to invite us to turn to do the huddle. 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 <laughs> to do the huddle. 
by turning towards the middle and we'll uh, give uh, offer space for you to to speak and we'll bring the the microphone as we did on the 31st and so uh, so just yeah very simply turning towards the middle even if there's not much a big circle in the middle it's totally fine And so, just that we ca- so we can see see each other, and uh, <coughs> and because we have just a few minutes, I'd like to invite you, if you come, to speak to um, actually make it. Um, uh, short with a one or two sentences of something you want to uh, offer the community name say and um, and again uh, this practice of uh, mindfulness here that the awareness could go towards uh, make maybe making space some of us uh, if we're given the space we jump on it you know like it's easy for us it's enthusiastic we have things to share and some of us needs a little bit more space time you know it needs the m- needs to have a nobody at the microphone for a number of seconds before the idea crosses our mind that it could be possible for us to go and so <laughs> seeing if we can work with this and creating space so uh, the voices that usually don't come first could come also. Thank you.